0: This is Vision Sunday, and we're excited about it. It's something we've been praying about and we've been working toward for a long, long time. In fact, it's most of our summer as a staff has been involved in just getting ready for this very day and what follows. And so we're excited. Hopefully you got a letter this week that outlined our vision and where we're headed as a church. And I hope you'll keep that if you haven't discarded it. I hope you'll keep it and refer to it. And not just refer to it, but to pray over it. Uh, to make it a matter of prayer as you go through your day. Before we get to the particular vision of Clarksburg Baptist Church, I want to talk just a little bit about vision in general. And you may ask, well, what, what is vision? Uh, the, my favorite definition is that vision pursues a preferred future. Vision pursues a preferred future. In other words, a vision of any organization actively pursues a future that is preferred over the present. And that's what we're about and that's what we're going to be about as we go through not just this opening series, but, but through the whole year, is looking at that preferred future for our church and for us as followers of Jesus Christ. A vision is something that you can see Uh, you should be able to develop in your mind a vision of what that preferred future is. And, And then after you've developed that vision of what that preferred future is, then it's something that you drive toward, that's something that is your passionate pursuit as you go through your Christian life. I want to stress that a vision is more than just another sermon series, or it's more than just a catchy phrase that you might hear. A vision is something that's going to permeate everything that we do as a church. It's going to permeate every sermon. It's going to permeate every ministry. It's going to permeate every activity in bold ways and in subtle ways, but it's something that you're going to hear a lot about, and not only are you going to hear a lot about it, but you're going to be challenged every week, not just occasionally, but every week to make this vision a reality. In your life. Also, a vision is something that is a focus of prayer. Uh, you don't just throw out vision and just hope it sticks and, and, and move on from there. What happens is that you need to make it a, 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 a focus of prayer in your life. But the thing is, not only is it to be the focus of prayer in your life, but a vision will focus your prayers. And that's an important thing for us to realize, is when we catch that vision, when we see that preferred future, then it focuses our prayers. And it makes our prayers much, much more dynamic. At Clarksburg Baptist Church, our mission, and it's something you've heard a lot about if you've come here for any amount of time, it's that as a body of believers, we are striving together to become more and more like Jesus. Every day, that's what we are striving together to do. It's a passionate pursuit. It's a deliberate process that we go through. And it's a process where, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we are striving to become like Him. It's not that we are just striving to be a follower of Him, but we want to be an imitator of Jesus. And what happens is, when we become more and more like Jesus, then our ministry reflects Him. It's not about us. It's about him. It's not just that we do ministry and we do good things as a church, but rather what we are doing is imitating Jesus Christ. We are doing the things that Jesus did. And that really changes things in our, in our church and in our lives, that we're just not about ministry, but it becomes who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. Ministry comes out of who we are. It's not just something that we do. But as a body of believers in Jesus Christ here at Clarksburg Baptist Church, if we are on a mission of striving daily to become more and more like Jesus, here's what this means. It means that we will never be satisfied with where we are. We'll never reach a point in our faith and in our growth where we decide this is it. This is as far as I can go. No, if, if we are really making uh, becoming like Jesus a passionate pursuit of us and what's going to happen is we are always going to be looking to move beyond where we are in our faith to something bigger and greater. And that's the vision for Clarksburg Baptist Church. Move beyond. It's easy to remember, certainly. But remember, it's not a catchy phrase. It's something that we really want to do as believers in Jesus Christ and something that we really want to do As a church, it's our preferred future. We want to move beyond wherever we are to do greater things in the kingdom of God. In past years, it may have been a little vague what our vision was. It's clear now. We're going to move beyond. And it's not something, like I said, that you're just going to hear once or twice or three times. It's going to be all about what we do. Is in every aspect of our ministry, in every aspect of our lives, of challenge each other, of challenging each other to move beyond. There's always something we can move beyond. We can move beyond just believing to action. We can move beyond whatever level of maturity we are as Christians to a higher level of maturity. We can move beyond our hurts and hard feelings of the past, whether with church members or whether with family members or whoever. We can move beyond those hurts and those hard feelings of the past to healing and to unity. And we can move beyond our sins and our failures of the past to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. There's always something in our lives and in the life of our church that we can move beyond. So, today we're actually starting with that very first thing that I mentioned about moving beyond beliefs to actions. Belief is the beginning of your faith. Uh, The Bible tells us believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Belief is the beginning of our faith, but it's not the end. It's how our faith starts. God never intended for us to just believe and just stop there. No, we are to move beyond. We are to move beyond just believing to action. There's probably no better scriptural teaching on that particular idea than in James chapter 2. And we're going to begin reading today in the 14th verse. He says, what good is it? Dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, can that kind of faith save anyone? Both of these questions anticipate a negative answer. No, certainly, there is no value in just saying you have faith if you don't show it by your actions. And actions here has an interesting meaning. Actions are not just a few good things that maybe you conjure up and do occasionally. What actions mean here are things that we do in obedience to God. So the idea here is when he says that, that, that faith without actions mm, is not what we're to be about. He's talking about obedience. The idea that what we do as a result of our faith is we are obedient to God and our actions show our obedience. And then he asked. Can this kind of faith save anyone? You know, it's not the one who claims to have faith that is saved, but rather the one who actually has faith that is saved. Genuine faith will always combine a deep trust in God and consistent action in the world. Now, what follows in James when he gets to verse 15 are perfect examples. If you think about it, God wants us to obey him in a lot of different ways, but there are a couple of things that, that God says to us. God says that, that we are to feed the poor, and, and God says that we are to help those in need. And so when we get to James verse 15 of chapter 2, he says, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well but then you don't give that person any food or clothing, what good does that do? You see somebody that's hungry or need clothing and you say, ah, have a nice day. Hope you find what you're looking for. Good luck. It, it sounds ludicrous, but it's actually something that, that we do all the time. I, I'll, I'll pray for you. And that's great. We should pray for people. But what he's talking about here is not just to wish him well and tell him you'll pray for him. He's talking about actually doing something about the situation that you find yourself in. And a lot of times, this is pastor confession time. I don't want you to think I'm preaching at you. I'm preaching to myself as well. We have people all the time who will come in here in our church needing assistance with something in their life. And a a lot of times we're able to help, and I'm happy to do that. And what I find is, though, well, I'll come down from my office. I'll talk with them for a couple of minutes. We'll decide if we can help them or not. I might say a prayer with them. I open the door for them. I wish them well, and off they go with whatever assistance we were able to give. Now, I'm happy we were able to do that. But basically, I realized this week, I'm pretty much doing what, what James here does. I'm like, here's a check. Good luck. Have a nice day. We'll see you. I'll pray for you. And I forget your name before I get back to my office. James says that's not what we're to be about. James says that we are not just to help people in this way, but, but we're to do it with some sense of, of mission, some sense of caring, some sense of, of, of seeing as, as a, an, an extension of what we believe. It's an action. God commands us to feed and to help. And we need to do those things in our lives. not just wish people well. Verse 17 says, "So you see, faith by itself isn't enough, unless it produces good deeds. It is dead. And useless. James is going to say this in several different ways more than once in this passage. The idea that all true believers will prove their faith in real life circumstances. All of us every day will prove our faith or lack thereof in real life circumstances, in the way that we respond to people, in the way that we extend God's grace to others. We'll find out if it's alive. Or if it's dead and useless. But there are always those who will argue or make excuses. Verse 18 says this. It says, Now someone may argue. Some people have faith. Others have good deeds. James says, But I say, How can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by My good deeds. There were people who actually thought you could do one or the other. It was true in his time, it's true in our time. You'll hear people say, Well, you know, you have your good deeds and I'll have my faith and we'll all be kind of religious in our our own ways. But you can't separate the two because faith lives in the action that it generates. And also, actions require faith to give the meaning. And here's an important point, I think, for us. And it's something we really need to think about, is that faith without good deeds has no testimony. Faith without good deeds has no testimony. Think about it. Clarksburg Baptist Church, big old building, sits here on this corner, has for a long, long, long time. And people will see it from a distance. And how many people out there do you think, Look at our church and go, man, I want to tell you, those people at that church, they believe. They believe the right things. I know they believe the right things. How many people look at your life, people who aren't Christians, look at your life and go, man, that guy believes. (laughs) Man, that guy believes the right things. I can tell that man believes the right things. That's not a testimony. That's not a testimony at all. 99.999% of non-believers that look at you or look at our church don't give a hoot about what we believe. They really don't. What they're concerned about is seeing that whatever it is we say that we believe here shows itself in our community, shows itself in the way that we live. And we always show something about our belief in the way that we live, but are we giving them the right... (laughs) The right picture. Our beliefs are not the testimony. Our actions are the testimony as believers in Jesus Christ. Verse 19 says, You say you have faith. For you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this. And they tremble in terror. I call this the boom verse. This is where the bomb goes off. If you've been able to read this far and haven't gotten it yet, this is where he sets the bomb off, where you can't miss it. And here's what he says. He says, you say you believe in God. Well, whoop de doo That's what he says. The devil believes in God. Demons believe in God. (laughs) James says, that's not the issue. They believe in God. And he goes on in verse 20 and he says, how foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? He calls you foolish. He calls me foolish if I believe that. He says, you're hollow. That's what he means. It's a hollow faith. Yes, the devil believes in God, but that's a hollow faith. It doesn't show itself in, in actions. Demons believe in God. That's a hollow faith. It doesn't show itself in actions. He says the same way. You can say you believe in God all you want, but if it doesn't show itself in works, it's a hollow faith. And it's useless. It's useless. People are looking at us because they want to know how well we know the Bible. No, they're looking at us to see how well we act out the Bible. And if we can get them attracted because of our actions, then we have plenty of opportunity to share with them our beliefs and our faith and what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But they need to see it first. And just saying we believe in God and walking around with our bumper stickers or our T-shirts or, or whatever is meaningless Meaningless. The devil could walk around with a t-shirt that says, I believe in God, because he does. It's what you do while you're wearing that t-shirt that matters. Verses 21 to 25, he gives two real good examples of Old Testament figures, Abraham and Rahab, the idea that Uh, The the correlation between their faith and and, and their actions and how they were shown to be right with God because of their actions. And I would challenge you to to go home and maybe take that passage and, and read it in those verses and maybe go back and look at the Old Testament stories that go with it, and that'll give you a little opportunity to maybe study a little further this week. But James ends, verse 26. He says, Just as the body is dead without breath... So, also, faith is dead without good works. He keeps saying it over and over, over and over. (laughs) Faith without works is useless. But he says here, he says, just as a body is dead without breath, think of that. A body without breath is dead. It does not move, it does not talk, it does not breathe, it does not do good things. It does not help people. It does nothing. It's dead. It's totally useless and empty and worthless. And that's what he says your faith is. If you're not doing works to show your faith. Faith without works is dead. It does not move. It does not live. It does not breathe. It does not do things for other people. It is empty and totally useless. Faith without works does not live for Christ, it does not follow Him, and it does not work for Him in reaching other people in the world. So, today, as a church, as we start to move beyond, this is an important one for us, because if we can't get this one, we're really going to struggle with the others. We're called to move beyond simple belief to action. Your belief in Jesus Christ is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. And I'm not downplaying that at all. But Scripture says you need to move beyond that. You know, if your response to God has been dry and intellectual, or maybe you believe all the historical facts about Jesus, or or maybe that you're just content to fill a space, uh, maybe on Sunday morning... Uh, it, maybe it's time for you to move beyond. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't. In fact, if you haven't moved beyond, you're probably like a lot of other people who are believers in Jesus Christ that, that just haven't moved beyond. So, our, our purpose today is not to make you feel bad, not to make you feel guilty, none of that stuff. No, this is positive. This is, <laughs> is going to be positive. God wants you to move beyond. And that, that can start now. That can start today. To move beyond just what you believe to putting those beliefs to work in actions. Well, maybe you don't know. Maybe you're sitting there saying, well, maybe I, do I need to move beyond or, or not? You Remember Jeff Foxworthy, if you've ever listened to him, Jeff Foxworthy does the, you, you might be a redneck. You know, if you do this, then... You might be a, a redneck. Now, we're not going to talk about uh, Jeff Foxworthy redneck jokes today, but, but let's, let's say that, that, uh, that maybe you need to move beyond if. How's that? So, so, so basically, if, if the only tangible proof of your faith is that you sit in a pew on Sunday, then maybe you need to move beyond. If you've memorized more Scripture... Then you've put into practice. It's time to move beyond. If you can name all the books of the Bible in order, but can't name three things you did in the kingdom of God in the last year, you need to move beyond. The last time you volunteered for any service project, Jimmy Carter was president, and you wore a leisure suit. it's definitely time to move beyond. If a Bible study on the dietary laws in Leviticus excite you more than serving a meal at the Clarksburg Mission, then it's time to move beyond. If you follow Lloyd Legalist on Twitter and have ever said, that guy makes sense, then it's time to move beyond. So, all right, you need to move beyond. We all do. See, here's the thing: none of us are exempt from this. Y- you see, some of us have moved beyond belief, and and it's easy. I'll give you an example. I, I became a Christian when I was 11 years old, and uh, when I was in high school, I felt like God was calling me into ministry, and so I went to college, and I- that's kind of what I had in mind that I was going to study to do. And, and when I got out, I went to seminary, and I've and been in the ministry for 32 years. So, so you know, I, I'm sitting here going, well, hey, I've moved beyond. And God's saying, hey, buddy, guess what? You ain't moved far enough yet. It's a constant thing. Some people have moved way beyond just that initial belief in Jesus Christ, and some people haven't. But the issue is we all, wherever we are in our faith, need to move beyond just believing to action. And whatever actions we're doing, there's always room to keep moving beyond to something greater. If we ever get content, if we ever get satisfied, we are in trouble. So my purpose today is to give you some ways, some very tangible ways, that you can move beyond. You may think of others. I'm not asking you to become a missionary to China tomorrow, okay? I want to give you some simple ways to move beyond. Uh, Clarksburg Mission uh, gives out food baskets. Our food pantry gives out food baskets. And a lot of you donate either money or food to the food pantry, and and it does a great a great thing, and, and appreciate that. But, but you want to move beyond? Here's how you move beyond that. You move beyond that by going out this week and finding someone who is genuinely hungry. I don't mean your best friend that you had not had lunch with in six months. I'm talking about someone who you know hasn't had a meal in a long time and feed that person. I don't mean call up the food pantry and say, hey, this guy needs food. I'm talking about you personally feeding this person either taking them out to get them something to eat or by inviting them to your house. It's a way you can move beyond. Maybe you donate clothes to the mission or, or to Goodwill. Uh, and that's okay. I don't want you to stop. Keep doing it. We do it. But you need to move beyond. Find somebody, some family that needs clothes. They're not hard to find. Just as hungry people aren't hard to find either. They're not hard to find. Find out who they are. Get to know them. Find out what sizes they wear. Go buy them some clothes. Winter's coming. They got kids. Buy the kids a coat. That's the way you can move beyond. Maybe uh, a few of your friends like to cook. Well, Get together, buy some food, cook a meal for Celebrate Recovery on a Tuesday night. Call the church office. We have a shut-in list. These are people who uh, were great, great mm, active folks at Clarksburg Baptist Church for a long time who are either nursing homes or not able to get out of, of their homes. Pick a name, preferably one you don't know. Go visit that person. Don't just walk in, say hi, I'm from Clarksburg Baptist Church and pray for them and leave. Spend time with them. Talk to them. doesn't take long. Spend an hour with somebody. Surely you can find an hour somewhere in your week. So we can move beyond this, maybe just praying for people that are on a list to actually moving beyond and going to visit these folks. We need van drivers. You know, maybe uh, you say, well, I, I could do that once a month, once a quarter twice a year, whatever. Maybe I could do that. I get to church on my own every week, easily. In fact, the homes have been known to have numerous cars here uh, on a Sunday morning. But you know what? Maybe you're in the same boat. Maybe you could say, well, you know, once in a while I could help somebody get here who needs to come to church. Here's the thing. Don't go home and say, well, the pastor said we shouldn't give money to the food pantry or, to, or the mission. That's not what the pastor says. <laughs> the pastor's getting beyond, you need to get beyond, the move beyond paying someone to do ministry for you. Continue to give to those folks. Continue to give to those folks. But get your hands dirty too. Don't just give and let somebody else do it. Do it yourself. That's a great way to move beyond. doesn't mean you give up this. But you move beyond to something else. And once you do that, the more you move beyond, the easier you find it to move beyond. Don't wait for someone else to move beyond for you. That's your job. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the command of James couldn't be any clearer because he says it over and over and over and over and over again. Belief, simple belief, needs to have works to go with it, not to earn your salvation. Nowhere does the Bible teach that you need to earn your salvation, but rather your actions are the evidence that you really believe what you say you believe. So today, let's move beyond just believing to action. Let's pray.